Father, as we open your word, I pray that you'd speak to us. By the power of your Holy Spirit, Lord, change us. Make us to be more like Christ. Let the reality of the kingdom of God be our everyday experience. In Jesus' name, amen. Please be seated. Today is February 2nd, 2020. If you weren't aware of this, if you write that out, 0202-2020, it's a palindrome. It is the first palindrome when the dates are fully written out in 900 years. By the way, if you don't know what a palindrome is, if you say it forward or backwards, it's the same. Mom, it's a palindrome. It wasn't until, it, the, the last one was 11-11-11-11. The next one will be 12-12-2021. Sorry, 21-21. Sorry, not 21. Then you have to wait till 30-30 to get it. <laughs> so we'll all be dead, of course. We'll be, yeah, be a while. I told my daughter that this morning, and she was like, that's so awesome. And there's all of these articles and everything on it. Um, and some of you are like, oh, that's kind of cool. It is. Except for one thing. It doesn't really mean anything. Right? Does that change your day? Are you going to do things differently now? Or are you going, oh man, I can't wait for the next one. Oh, I'll be dead. <laughs> no, I guess it's only a year and a half or 10 years or whatever. But like, no, it's, it's not like, it's neat but it's not some massive, life-changing, like now I'm gonna go live differently kind of thing. And, and I bring that up because I very much believe that the Beatitudes are similar to that at times. In fact, I would argue that even sermons at times are kind of like that. Have you ever left a service going, that was really neat, I liked that, that was cool, maybe even told one of the stories that was told to somebody else, but it didn't impact your life at all? Of course not. Not here, right? <laughs> but especially with the Beatitudes, I think they're easy to read and to be like, that's interesting, but then nothing really happens with them. So this is what I want for this morning. I do not want this sermon to just be a palindrome, where we go, that was cool, now I'm gonna go bowling. I do want you to go bowling. I just don't want you to go, that was cool, and leave it all at the door. I want us to learn something from the Beatitudes. And really, there's one primary thing, and we'll get to it. Open your Bible, if you would, to Matthew chapter five. This is the Sermon on the Mount, and by the time we get to this section in the gospel, Jesus has been going around Galilee preaching already the kingdom of God. He has a message, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. And he's been preaching this. This is the first recorded sermon we get. Instead of general information or a call, it's, it's a teaching and he specifically goes from, he's wandering around, he has been by the seaside preaching, he's been in synagogues. He goes to a hill, and he sits down. 
the position of a teacher, and he begins to teach them. And this is how it starts. Verse 2, and he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, blessed, blessed. All right, the first recorded sermon we have of Jesus starts with blessed. Isn't that a great way to start? I mean, raise your hand if you would like to be blessed. Okay, if you didn't raise your hand, there's something wrong with you, right? I mean, we have things like count your blessings. Um, Sometimes we have exercises. In fact, my son just brought something home, and it's every day has an exercise, and one of them is on a, a Saturday, like go outside and count five ways that you're blessed or something like that. That's a good way to start. Blessed is how he begins the sermon, and we all, yeah, let's be blessed. What does he mean? Sometimes you may hear the word happy, uh, happiness, something like that, and it's not enough. Um, That word in our vocabulary can mean a number of different things. It has different connotations. It's not good enough. It could be something like this. Wonderful news. I have wonderful news. It could be something along this line here. It will be well with you. It's something that's a little deeper. It's not just an emotional, yay, I'm happy. It's something deeper that he's talking about. Blessed is what he wants to say. It'll go well with you. Or I have wonderful news for you. Would you like some wonderful news this morning? Because I have some. According to Jesus, that's some wonderful news. Blessed. And then he begins to describe who or the character of people who are this blessed. Where he can say, it is well with you. Or, wonderful news for you. So who are those people? Keep going. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Those who know they are nothing before God, that their best righteousness are filthy rags. Theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, not those who pretend that it's all good, not those who ignore the hardest parts of life, not those who won't look sin squarely in the face and go, this is awful, and mourn. Those are the ones, he says, they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, and, and meek here is not like you're a wimp, you're a doormat. Meek is about control, meek is about knowing who you are, and not needing to tell everybody about it. It's almost the same term you'd get with humility, opposite of pride. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. All right? You ever been hungry? I don't mean starving. I mean like hungry. Like you haven't eaten all day or something. You're like, oh, I'm just starving. And like you feel your stomach growling. And, um, or you ever done a bunch of outside work and you desperately need a drink of water? All right. Hunger and thirst for righteousness. I want to be what he wants me to be. I want to follow him. That's what I'm hungering for. Think about all the things we hunger and thirst for in our culture. He says, those who are hungering and thirst for righteousness will be filled, satisfied. 
Blessed are the merciful, those who do not demand their own way and who notice the plight of another and are willing to do something about it. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart. Those that are single-hearted is the idea. Purity here has less to do with like moral perfectness as it does singleness. A, A single heart going one way. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, those who are not trying to force things their way, get revenge, make sure that I get what I want, but care about unity, peace, harmony. For they shall be called the sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So, in one way, some of what he says makes perfect sense. Let me give you an example. Everybody knows what happened this week with Kobe Bryant. There's a story that I read that one of the last things he did was he went to a Catholic church and he prayed. The priest who was there talked a little bit about his faith and about the way that Kobe came to Mass. And the thing that stuck out to me was this. When you are as popular as Kobe Bryant is, when you are as recognizable as Kobe Bryant is, it is really hard not to make a scene. Could you imagine if somebody that famous walked into our church? Where would every eye go? And they'd be like, oh, is that? So this is what the priest said. Kobe had learned to let the processional start, and as everybody was focused on that, he would slip into the back, sit down in the back, go through the mass, and then before it actually ended, slip back out so that he wouldn't draw attention away from Christ. Now, is there anybody in the room who's not going, that's awesome? Like, that's... That's humility. That's, that's the right focus. You see, some of these beatitudes, in certain contexts, they make sense. We appreciate this kind of character. On the other hand, when you get to the last one in particular, blessed are those who are persecuted. Does anybody ever, when you are feeling persecuted, think, wonderful news? Or do you think, how do I get out of this? God, please get me out of this. And if God gets us out, then what are we? Blessed. Because God saved us from the persecution. It's the opposite of what he's saying in here. By the way, not to say there isn't blessing in being rescued from persecution. But we don't think of the persecution as a blessing. And when you just think in general about our world, the things that are usually rewarded... They are not the meek and the humble and the I have nothing to offer to God. They are the I have, what, I have everything to offer. I will stand up for myself. I will take what I need. Think about all of the great superhero movies that we watch. 
These are people that like, they go out and conquer. Those are the things that we tend to value in our culture. Friday night, we had to stop at main event to pick up all of the bracelets for today. And they were pretty busy. So I dropped Erin off. She went in to get the bracelets. And I had all the kids, and we're in the van, and I just kind of parked along the side, and I'm just waiting for her. Van is running. I'm sitting there waiting. And it it took a while because it was really busy. Well, as I'm sitting there, these two girls come walking toward the van. And they look like they're about Kira's age, you know, 13, 14, something there. They walk toward the van. One of them starts walking to one side. The other one starts walking to the other side. And I'm watching them. It's dark outside. It's like 7 o'clock at night. And I'm watching them. And the one that comes towards my side, she kind of walks to the window and kind of looks in and starts to reach for the handle. The other one, she goes to the passenger door, opens the door, and starts to get in. (laughs) She looks at me, and her eyes get the sides of silver dollars. (laughs) She goes, and she jumps and slams the door. The other one jumps, and next thing you know, they're bolting out here, and they're away from the van. They're looking back. That was a shocker because I guarantee you the van they were trying to get in was a white Honda Odyssey. That's what they were looking for. But once they got inside that van, it was not what they expected. There was something very different in that van than what they were looking for. Beatitudes are similar. Think about blessing. When we think about it, it tends to be when everything is going well. It tends to be when we feel on top of the world, when I'm in control, when everything's as I want it to be, when the path is going just where I want that path to go. Now I'm blessed. And here's Jesus coming along and saying, and and by the way, he's speaking to a bunch of poor farmers. He's speaking to people who have no way on their own within their culture of raising up. This isn't a middle class. This isn't a poor person who could just strike it big. They're going to be what they are. They are fishermen, they are farmers, and that is not going to change. And he's saying to them, when you recognize that you are poor in spirit, when you are meek, when you actually will mourn, when you are persecuted for the sake of righteousness, so many things we wouldn't think He says, that, that's when you're blessed. What is the blessing? Why is it well? Why is it wonderful news? Can I tell you this? I mean, if you say no, I'm going to anyway, because I have the mic. Blessed are you when you are persecuted, not because you're persecuted. That's not the blessing. He adds something. The reason it's wonderful news is not just because, hey, I'm really meek. It's because there's a reward attached to it. There's something added to it. Look back at this. Blessed are, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed, for they shall see God. Blessed, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. It's wonderful news, not just because you have this character, 
but because something comes with that character. However, and this is the point that I want all of us to take away. Did you know that there is fine print in Christianity? And I want to talk to you for a minute about the fine print. Because if we miss this, you signed the little agreement thing, and you missed what you were signing up for. So in 2017, they did a study on how many people actually read the agreement. 91% of the people who went through this did not read the words of what they signed up for. Now, in this particular one, they added some things in there. These people agreed to, number one, allow their mother to go through their internet browsing history whenever she wanted to. That was in the agreement. They allowed the airspace over their home to be open to drones from the military or anybody else who would like to fly drones over their house. They agreed to a few things that they didn't know they were agreeing to because they didn't actually read the agreement. Now, if I asked everybody in this room, how many of you scroll all the way to the bottom and hit agree without looking at any of it? Yeah, I mean, half of you right now are shaking your head because <laughs> that's what we do, right? You need to know the fine print of Christianity. Every one of these blessings has a future orientation. Every one of these blessings has something to do with the fullness of the kingdom as it comes. Does it mean that God doesn't provide any of this now? No, not at all. But if you think that by signing up for the Christian faith, you're just going to receive blessing after blessing, everything's going to work out. As long as I do this, God will do this. If I give money, God will then bless me for giving money. If I faithfully pray all the time, then God will do this. If you think that Christianity just because you are faithful is going to make everything okay, you miss the fine print. That is not the promise. The promise is this. In eternity, he will wipe every tear from every eye. In eternity, there will be no more struggle with sin. No more struggle with sickness. No more persecution. None of that will be there. You see, those who mourn now, it says they shall be comforted. That's the future. Does God comfort us now? Absolutely. Probably I could raise, everybody in this room could probably raise your hand and say, I've known the comfort of God. But I bet you could also raise your hand where you haven't known the comfort of God. Where you were going through something and you didn't feel the presence of God in that thing. Because the promise of Christianity is not that here and now, today, everything's going to go the way we want it to. The promise is there is something so beautiful and amazing and wonderful in its fullness that will come, that in the words of Paul, our suffering today will pale in comparison to what is to come. That we live not for blessing right now, but for an eternity that is coming. And it means, and I'll just tell you this, it means you will suffer in this life. 
Now, some of that, let's be honest, we bring on ourselves. Some of that is we make bad decisions, we're not responsible, some of it's our own darn fault. We bring it on ourselves. Some of it is not. Some of it is a fallen world. Some of it is mean people. Some of it is bad circumstances. But we will suffer in this life. And the Beatitudes, Jesus says, this is wonderful news. You aren't suffering for nothing. It can go well with you, not because everything is perfect, but because I am aware of what you're going through and I have something so great planned for you. And you can hold on to it. And, and what it reminds me of is this. We just passed Christmas. And I don't know about you, but Christmas for us begins on Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is the tree goes up, all the Christmas stuff goes out. We, you know, we pull out the advent calendars. We don't start using them, we pull them out. We make the chain so we can pull one off each day and know when Christmas is going to be here. We start doing the advent calendar when it comes. We do gingerbread houses. All of these things are a glimpse of the day that is coming. Because none of it, none of it compares to December 25th. But it all keeps giving us glimpses of where we're going. There's excitement. There's little parts of it where you go, oh, yeah. Oh, this is fun. Oh, that's really good. That is our Christian life. It is God going, here's a blessing here. Here's some comfort over here. Here's a reminder that you are loved. Here's a huge success I'm going to bless you with. But in the midst of all of that, there is also, here's this diagnosis. Here's this terrible, awful relationship. Here's this fractured relationship you can't get back. Here's this really difficult decision you need to make and you don't know how to make it and you're not getting any direction. All of that's there too. But when you read the fine print, you'll know that it was always going to be there. It's not a surprise. It's not God flipping something and changing his mind and going, well, you know what? With you, I'm gonna do differently. I'm gonna bless all these folks but I'm gonna make your life more difficult. No, it's across the board, folks. This is part of serving Christ. And what we are called to do is to focus on him. Focus on his kingdom. Focus on what it means to follow the Lord and everything he's already done for us. The sacrifice that he has made and the future that he has secured and to say, I can live differently because of that, even when I go through painful things in my life. And you can say, wonderful news, because I'm bringing things into your life. There was a, a different company that did a similar survey test to see who was reading the fine print, but in this particular one, there was a teacher last year. It was for an insurance for a traveling company. And there was a part in it that said the first person to email us will get $10,000. And one teacher who read through all of it got it, emailed them, and got $10,000. <laughs> 
the fine print in Christianity. The blessing is not everything is okay. The blessing is you are loved by God. He is with you. He is bringing all things to new. Whatever you're going through now, eternity will make it pale in comparison. And he's saying, hold on to me through this. Hold on to what I'm promising you. And you will find it is far more rewarding than even $10,000. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you that you have been honest with us in your word. That even where we may have missed it, over and over again, we know there will be struggles in this life. There will be persecution. There will be things out of our control. But you are with us, and it can be well with us because we know what our future is. And Lord, thank you that in this life you continually give us little blessings that remind us of your love and your care and your grace and that we have a secure future in you. Help us to hold on to that and to live differently now. In Jesus' name, amen.